With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 108 minutes to quarantine failure. Master caution. Reset. Iteration. No current alarms. Vault temperature within normal parameters. Zero. Vault pressure within One. normal parameters. Five. Vault humidity within normal parameters. Zero. Vault integrity Two. test report secured. Two. Three, two, one, zero, zero. Talk show. We'll do it live. Manual override achieved for station uplink. Enter three, two. I'm Sergeant Drano, and you are listening to a communication from Station 7, or The Door. Station 7 is a sociological experiment in progress for members of the Dharma Initiative and fans of Lost and The Walking Dead, so we're going to go ahead and open up our lines for anyone who wants to communicate. Opening communications channel. Waiting. Waiting. Well, Lost is over. Satellite doubling established. But it turns out, Damon and Carlton's prediction was true. What's really fun is to actually have a character back who is dead, but isn't really dead. When someone dies on Lost, they're dead. And that's really it. Like, we're not trying to be sneaky and they're going to come back as a zombie. Or... Year 7, you're going to regret that zombie comment. I am. I am really going <laughs> to regret that. Year 7 is actually, the subtitle is Lost Zombies. <laughs> and it's just everybody who we've killed off over the years coming back and trying to eat It'll be cool. It'll be like it'll be like Stephen King. When there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk here. So today we're going to react to episode 62 of the hit series on AMC, The Walking Dead. The title of the episode is The Distance. We'll rate the episode, give our initial thoughts, critique things a bit, and follow that up with the Walker of the Week, Roger Ward, and our survival scenario. Next, we'll make some predictions for what we think might happen next. These predictions will be spoiler-free and will not make any reference to the comic book series that The Walking Dead is based on. Finally, we'll compare and contrast between the TV series and the comics in our three-minute spoiler section. So without further ado, let's get to it. First, a word from our sponsors. Since the dawn of time, man has been curious, imagining all that is possible. The Hanzo Foundation, reaching out to a better tomorrow. Discover the experience for yourself. Go to HanzoCareers.com. Okay, let's see who we've got on the line tonight. 
Incoming transmission from Mrs. Drano. Hey, Mrs. Drano. Fancy meeting you here. I don't know how I got here. <laughs> That's the because of Rohypnol, the rape drug. My goodness. <laughs> that would explain a lot. <laughs> and who else we got up there? Incoming transmission from Mr. Bad. Hey, Mr. Bad. How's it going? Excellent, Sergeant. Uh, finally found my voice, and uh, uh, all the communication issues have been uh, hopefully taken care of. Fantastic. Good man, good man. Couldn't do it without you. How's the weather up there? All the ice and snow gone yet? Uh, it melted quite a bit, yes. We had a little bit of rain late the, the one night, and then the next day I shoveled, and we, it was nice and sunny and a little bit warm. So, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. it's almost Good on you. Good on you. Okay. All right. Uh, who else we got up there? Incoming transmission from Michael. Hey, Michael, how's it going? I'm pretty good, I guess. Did you uh, successfully escape a house bad? Are you still there? I don't know. I I think I was mugged and and drugged, and I I can't be sure, to be honest. That's because of Rohypnol, the rape drug. I think it got me, too. (laughs) All right, who else we got up there? Incoming transmission from... Methodic John. Hey, Methodic John, how are you doing, man? I'm awesome, guys. It's going a little. Oh, it sounds like you're doing awesome. Yep, being summoned. Heard a little something in the background there. Yeah, it's uh, being summoned. You know, uh, you know what'll take care of that, don't you? Um, prohypto. Alcohol. Prohypto. Yes, the rape drug. Oh, oh. <laughs> I thought the Hanzo Foundation could take care of it for me. <laughs> well, they probably manufacture a hypno. I don't know. Right. Uh, all right. I think uh, I think that's everybody for now. We might have a, a late arrival. For now, I guess we'll uh, roll into that first thing that we do, whatever that may be. Might be called the summary. I'm not sure. Ah. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, The distance. Summary. Uh, The Losties are hanging out in the barn when Maggie and Sasha come strolling in with Aaron. Naturally, they freak the fuck out, fearing a trap or imminent attack. Judith pronounces judgment by crying as soon as Aaron says, Hi! Aaron is super polite and tells them he's there to invite them to visit his community, a highly fortified town. He's got some crappy pictures of it and tells them about the awesome cold, rolled, rolled, gold, something, steel walls that uh, surround the community. Aaron is just getting warmed up with his pitch when Rick strides forward decisively and punches him the fuck out. Rick orders the prisoner secured and posts lookouts in every direction. They go through Aaron's gear and find some applesauce and a flare gun. Once Aaron comes to, Rick shows Aaron the flare gun and asks him how many people he has out there. Aaron points out that whatever number he says, Rick isn't going to trust him. Aaron admits that he's been observing the Losties for some time, and that they seem like good people. Rick repeats his question, and Aaron finally says that there's just one other person out there. Aaron asks, what would it take to convince them he's genuine, and he volunteers to drive them all to his community. He tells them he has transport parked a couple of miles away, but the Losties are skeptical. Aaron points out that if he wanted to ambush them, it would be simpler just to just have set the barn on fire while they were sleeping and kill them as they run out. 
Michonne and Maggie volunteer to check out the vehicles. Rick tries to veto, but Michonne puts her foot down. Glenn throws in with Maggie, so Rick adds Abraham and Rosita to the away team, too. Rick posts everyone else around the perimeter of the barn to keep watch, while Rick remains alone inside with Aaron and Judith. Rick casually informs Aaron that if the away team doesn't return in an hour, he'll be executed. The away team is on the road, and Glenn is acting like the boss of battle tactics, even though Sergeant Abraham Ford is there. Glenn is telling them to shoot anything that moves. Sean and Maggie aren't sure that's the smartest idea. Glenn reflects on the bad stuff they've done and wonders why good people would want them. Sean remembers the good things they've accomplished, including saving a crazy lady with a sword. As they continue on down the road, we see a dude ominously spying on them from behind a tractor. Now back at the barn, Rick is crushing up some delicious acorns with his magnum for Judith. Aaron suggests he give her the applesauce from his pack, saying if the crying brings roamers, he knows he'll be the first to go. Rick tries to get Aaron to taste the applesauce first, but Aaron says he hates applesauce, that his mom used to make him eat foods he didn't like to make him more manly. But Rick insists, so Aaron makes a face and eats it. On the road, the away team discovers the vehicles are real, an RV and a car. They hear something rustling in the bushes. Not one step closer, asshole, yells Glenn, but it's just a couple of walkers. Abraham moves in and grabs the arm on one, but the arm just rips off and he trips. Rosita has his back and takes him out. The team clears the RV and is thrilled to find Skeddy Rings. They return to camp, and once Rick spies those Skeddy Rings, he takes firm action. This is ours now, whether or not we go to your camp. Carl is like, why wouldn't we go? Michonne is convinced they should go and lays down the law. Even Rick reluctantly agrees. Aaron gives them part of the route to get there, but Rick insists on taking a different road and, and then insists that they go at night. Aaron tries to warn him it's too dangerous, but Rick insists, suspecting Aaron's route could be a trap. Rick and Michonne get the car ready, and Michonne wonders if Rick is really going to the camp or if he's just trying to get information from Aaron. Rick notes that they heard nothing outside of Woodbury, heard nothing outside of Terminus, and once they get to Aaron's place, he'll have to decide if it's safe or not without seeing what's inside. Rick says he's not sure if anything could convince him, but they'll, that he'll at least go and see it. That night, Rick is taking point in the car with Glenn, Michonne, and Aaron. The rest follow in the RV. Rick looks in the glove compartment and creepily finds different random license plates from various states. Aaron says he's trying to collect all 50 states to decorate a wall in his house. Michonne is incredulous that Aaron has his own house, and he invites her to look at the pictures. She's leafing through them and realizes it's just pictures of buildings and walls with no people. Aaron claims he took one picture, but it was crappy and didn't develop right. Michonne is suspicious. Did you ask him the questions? She asks Rick. No, says Rick. And she asks him the questions. She says, how many walkers have you killed? He says, I don't know, a lot. How many people? Two. Why? Because they tried to kill me. Uh, Rick finds a parabolic microphone and realizes Aaron's people may have heard their plan, but his thought is interrupted when they suddenly run into a scattered herd of walkers. <clears throat> Glenn keeps driving, fearing if they stop, the RV could smash into the back of them. He plows through countless zombies, covering the windshield with blood and gore. Finally, they skid to a halt. Rick jumps out, but the RV is nowhere to be seen. They jump back in the car, intent on circling back around, but it won't start. Sean checks the engine, and there's zombie parts jammed all up in it. Zombies close in, then suddenly they see a flare go up in the distance near a water tower. Aaron freaks out, says he has to go. 
When Michonne opens the car door, he kicks free and runs off into the woods. Michonne starts to chase, but Rick stops her. <clears throat> Michonne tells Rick that their people will think Rick fired the flare, that they'll be heading towards it, so they should head for it too, to meet up. Rick draws his machete and they charge. <clears throat> Zombies are everywhere. Glenn gets separated in the confusion and has a close call. He spots Aaron cornered by a zombie and rescues him. He cuts Aaron's bonds and tells him to run if he wants. But Aaron repeats Glenn's words back to him. We can make it together, but we can only make it together. Meanwhile, Rick and Michonne are being overrun and Petunia is out of bullets. Desperate, Rick shoots a zombie with a flare gun and nails it right in the eye. The rest of the zombies are about to get them when Glenn and Aaron save the day. The group heads towards the water tower and spot the RV near some buildings. Daryl is on watch and waves them in. The Losties reunite joyfully, while Aaron, almost in a panic, starts calling for Eric. In here, he hears, and inside the building we meet Eric, who must be Aaron's brother or something, because Aaron gives him a totally platonic kiss on the mouth and a What's familial that? hug. <laughs> Eric's got a broken ankle. He says he was, he was hiding under a car, and walkers rolled it onto him. Aaron comes out and graciously thanks the Losties for saving Eric, and there's, there's some random black dude standing there in a group that I've never seen before. Uh, we learn Aaron's community is called Alexandria. Uh, Rick tries to keep the brothers apart for safety, but Aaron says Rick will have to shoot him to keep him from staying with his brother. <laughs> uh, uh, Rick relents. Uh, the next day, the Losties head for Alexandria in the RV. Noah offers Aaron some painkillers for his sore butt, I mean wrists, and Aaron tells Noah that there's a surgeon in Alexandria that might be able to fix his gimping. Uh, Eugene uh, teaches Tara how to play stairs and squares, while Rosita and Abraham are thrilled by a glimpse of Washington, D.C., their original mission objective. Abraham notices, notices a low-voltage light on the dash, but is confident that they can make it. They don't. Abraham curses his luck, but Glenn, an old hand at RVs, shows him where extra batteries are, while mystery black guy looks on. <laughs> Rick and Michonne have a quiet moment where Michonne tells him it's time to get civilized, and Rick remembers what Bob told him at the church. They get the RV started again, but Rick excuses himself for a moment. He sneaks off to an abandoned house and leaves a hidden weapon cache, a Glock with a J, or maybe it's a T on the grip, inside an old blender. They roll on and finally arrive at the gates of Alexandria. Rick sits staring at the gates, brow knit suspiciously, when he hears the sounds of children playing inside and we see his face relax and light up. Michonne asks him if he's ready, and Rick looks uncertain for the first time, almost like he's going to cry, as he gets out of the car, picks up Beatty Judith, and the Lossies walk towards the gate. So, let's see what we thought of this episode. Uh, I think we got a couple of voicemails. Let's, uh, let's hear them first. Uh, let's hear one of those voicemails. Incoming transmission from Matthew Murdick. Station 7, as Matt is calling about the episode, which I finally got to see, and uh, damn, I, this season is pretty cool for me. Um, cool. Aaron. What's this? I, I want to <laughs> like him. They're brothers. I want to trust him and Eric. Huh. I don't know. I don't know if I can, but uh, <laughs> there were some great moments in this episode, and uh, we'll have to see what happens next. But mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> uh, the, the thing with the children when he got to the wall, he heard them laughing and playing. Yeah. Um, Play gaily. That was What's a really this? nice moment. We'll have to 
see what happens. So, anyway, uh, take care, guys. Bye. Transmission terminated. Yeah, thanks for that, man. That was very nice. Yeah, glad you're enjoying the season so far. Yes, we'll see what the deal is with those children. Yes. Okay, I think we got one more voicemail. Let's hear that one. Incoming transmission from Tater. Ha! It, just having only seen the opening uh, scene of uh, what's going on here, and Rick knocking Aaron the fuck out. Hey, you guys, you remember the Rick Tater ship? Well, this is the Dick Tater ship. <laughs> like Dick. He's a dick. That was a total dick move. <laughs> well, I gotta tell you, after uh, episode nine, which was possibly the stupidest episode of the entire series, Ooh. and episode ten, which was possibly the most boring episode of the entire series, <laughs> they followed it up with what was right up there with the best episodes of the entire series. This episode right. is fantastic. This is what the show should be. There's everything that's right about Walking Dead now that we've gotten past those two god-awful episodes. <laughs> I know Rick was a bit of a dick at the beginning. I understand it. <laughs> he did things the hard way. I understand that. But um, got through it. Amazing episode. Just fantastic. Shout out to all my podcast buddies. Transmission terminated. All right. Thanks for those uh, kind words, Tater. Yeah. Glad to hear you liked the episode, too. Awesome. So uh, let's find out what we thought of this episode. Uh, how many stars would you give it? Methodic John. Give it a 10. Perfect episode for Methodic John. Oh, very good. Okay. Uh, how about you, Michael? What did you think of the episode? Uh, I'd give it a 9. A 9. Wow. Okay. Mrs. Drado, what would you rate the episode? I'll give it a niner. My goodness, okay. And I would give it a nine as well, which logically means that Mr. Bad will probably rate it a five. What do you say, Mr. Bad? <laughs> uh, in a, uh, um, I give it a nine. I, I had given it a ten, but on rewatch, I found a little uh, uh, that I was a nit. And, uh, oh, I thought it was a great episode. I, I thought it was amazing. So I'm up there for nine with you guys. Okay, awesome, okay. Oh, yeah, you, nearly unanimous opinion on this one. How about that? Wow, okay. Uh, so uh, what worked and didn't work for people with this episode? Uh, what was something that made the episode awesome? What was something that made it uh, maybe not so awesome? Uh, what do you think, Methodic John? I think there was a good combination of suspense uh, rolled into everything. Mm -hmm. I think it held my attention pretty well. You weren't playing on your phone during the episode? That's always the big test. Yeah, no, it was not. There's a good amount of uh, awesome. doubt intermingled, I think. Very good. Yeah. Maybe even still there might be some doubts. I mean, we haven't seen inside those walls yet. We don't really know for sure. Who knows? Okay, uh, what worked and didn't work for uh, you, Micah? Um, I think, sorry, I think that, uh, Rick's paranoia, which he has, you know, developed throughout the zombie apocalypse to avoid danger for himself yeah. and his group, mm -hmm. uh, I thought that cutting both ways, you know, possibly turning down, uh, good opportunities such as this one, I yeah. thought that worked, I like that, mm -hmm. um, I thought there were some good action scenes, 
Uh, the only things I didn't like was I thought the uh, the the, uh, the dialogue was a little awkward between Rick and Aaron, and oh. I thought there were a few scenes that were just used to waste time. So that that's about it. Other than that, I thought it was a really nice episode. Oh, okay. What was like uh, one scene that? What was one of the scenes that you thought wasted time? I'm curious. Um, I think some of the scenes were just drawn out, like the uh, the last scene with them all them getting out of the car. Well, okay. Uh-huh. It took like a minute for them to get out. Oh, okay. I don't know. Uh, if I rewatched it, I, I could give you more examples. Okay. But it was just small things to use up time, in my opinion. Ten four, ten four, ten four. Okay, with you. All right, uh, Mrs. Drano, what worked and didn't work for you? Oh, um, well, the fact that this episode didn't suck was <laughs> that definitely worked for me. Uh-huh. Um, I had been starting to despair over the last couple of episodes, as y'all may have noticed. Uh-huh. And it just seemed that this one, they finally at least things started to happen. Yep, things happened. I'm trying to think if anything didn't work. I kind of agree that that last scene with them getting out of the car was kind of just drawn out. It was just kind of a time killer. Uh-huh. Spent a lot of time just standing there staring. Um, that was kind of obnoxious. But other than that, I think I think they did a really good job with this episode. Awesome. Okay. Uh, Mr. Bad, what work did it work for you? Oh, I just second almost everything people said. You know, Rick's paranoia. This was very much a Rick's paranoia-centric episode. Um, yeah, yeah. And uh, that really worked. He, it was a great acting between him and just about everybody else. And it was amazing how everybody else realized that this guy was genuine except Rick. And it was only how much they loved Rick and trusted Rick that they were ready to, you know, sort of put up with all this crazy shit. Because <laughs> he did almost get them killed. Uh-huh. Um, anyway, the only thing that didn't work, Aaron's dislike for applesauce was a little contrived. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if the guy has a gun at my head, I think I'll I'll eat lima beans or whatever, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but there was one thing that that I didn't really realize until we watched. How was Eric supposed to get back? Because they took both car. They took the car and the, the RV, so I don't know how he ever got hooked up with them. Well, you mean if the plan went as planned, how he would have gotten back, you mean? Well, he was out in the open. I, I take it one of the... Uh, Aaron and Eric, one one drove the car, one drove the RV. <laughs> both... Rick's gang took both, so that sort of means Eric was left out in nowhere. How did they even run into him? They drove off. Well, um, I I mean, I think the reason they ran into him is because he fired that flare, and the guys in the RV thought that Rick was shooting the flare. So they went over to where the flare was, and that's how they found Eric and rescued him from the zombies. Okay, well, that makes sense. The thing that confused me, though, is I thought, I mean, they were driving. I thought they would be miles past where Eric was, and uh-huh. I just didn't well, think they'd ever see his flare. He's pretty fast on his feet. Before he he probably got on that yeah. tractor that he was hiding behind, and he was uh, driving that. Possibly, yes. But I thought it was a great episode, and uh, yeah. Okay, and let's see. I think that was everybody. So, smartest, dumbest. Uh, what was the smartest thing somebody did in the episode, and what was the dumbest thing somebody did in the episode? Oh, oh I guess I didn't do my uh, what worked and didn't work, but it's pretty much stuff already, everybody else already said the the suspense with Aaron worked, and uh, the applesauce thing did not work. <laughs> so, 
So, uh, smartest, dumbest, methodic, John. What was the smartest thing and the dumbest thing? I think the smartest thing was Michonne asking the questions. Oh, yeah, I like to call back to the questions. Yeah, and I think the the dumbest thing was um, not, was basically everyone trusting him so quickly. I mean, it's just not going to end well. Everyone trusting Aaron so quickly? Yes. Okay. That really was a, a well played moment in the car, I think, when uh when uh they realize all of a sudden that they haven't asked him the questions yet and that there's no people in his pictures. That was that was really good uh <laughs> build of tension there, thinking, Oh shit, maybe maybe this guy really is getting us into something. Good moment there. Um okay, uh what was smartest dumbest uh for you, Michael? Uh, my smartest, as I think with how John just said, was Michonne kind of reasoning with Rick. Um, and my dumbest was Glenn not using his windshield wipers. I thought that was just really <laughs> dumbass. <laughs> good point, good point. That, <laughs> that did not make any sense. Uh, I mean, I guess we can only think that uh, they didn't work for some reason, but that was never established in the show. Yeah. That he wouldn't turn them on. So. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, good points. Okay, uh, Mrs. Drano, what was the smartest, dumbest? Um, smartest was... Um, you can agree with other people. Yeah. Well, I'm trying to come up with something different. Sure, sure. Um, crap, I had something a minute ago and it's gone. You want us to come back to you? Uh, sure. All right, uh, Mr. Bad, smartest, dumbest. Oh, smartest, uh... I thought it was Michonne's level-headedness and uh, commitment uh-huh. to, you know, uh, pushing the, the whole whole group to where they uh-huh. needed to go, and uh, you yep. know, giving Rick time to uh, um, to get there himself. But uh, dumbest, Rick trying to crush those stupid acorns with the butt of his knife, like, <laughs> his gun, was, actually, yeah, <laughs> of his gun. That was ridiculous, you know. <laughs> You, know, you I think you can find something tender. better to crush those things than some precision instrument that you're using to kill <laughs> zombies. But uh, yeah. I don't know how Judith was gonna, you know, munch those acorns down, and uh, yeah, there was he had food, and it was just ridiculous. <laughs> just crazy. Might be poisoned. Yes, it could have been poisoned. Yes. <laughs> but, awesome. Okay, um, and mine is uh, smartest. Uh, generally speaking, I'd say Rick's. Supreme caution with Aaron was pretty smart. Uh, dumbest, I think Rick's plan to take a strange route in at night uh, was probably the dumbest thing. And, of course, that didn't work well for him. Um, as I heard some uh, some other folks mention, uh, probably the thing that would make the most sense is to just let a few volunteers in his group go on in with the guy to the town and, you know, come back at an assigned time to report on what the town was like. And then, you know, know, or else you've lost a few people. But, I mean, somebody's going to volunteer. I think that would have made more sense than than them all going in under any sort of circumstances. That makes a lot of sense to me, uh, Sergeant. That that was crazy. I, I thought you had something uh, way back uh, 
in this in the uh, episode where you know uh, they ran into Glamson and such, and you were thinking yeah. that um, Rick was trying to sabotage the uh, trade plan because he wanted to try to <laughs> yeah. kill everybody. Want to kill everybody? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what happened in this episode. You know, like he he said almost the same thing at one point. He said, you know, my way's safest. You know, it's like don't trust anybody, kill everybody you meet. You know, it's like or <laughs> avoid them. And, uh... <laughs> and at one point, he even threatens to kill all of uh, Aaron's people. <laughs> this is trap. All your people will go to die. <laughs> yeah. Uh, did it come back to you, uh, Mrs. Trano, or should no, it's I? Gone. All right, no problem. Um, let's see. Uh, questions raised by this episode. Um, the only question I thought of was how did they get those fake recordings of children playing? For their loudspeakers. That's the only question I could think of. Um, and I guess that's still a mystery. Maybe they made those recordings before the zombie apocalypse. Maybe we'll find out in the next episode. <laughs> Anybody else have any... Uh... I have one. Oh, what you got? My question is, how is this all going to go horribly wrong? There mm. <laughs> <laughs> is that. And, of course, there's the extreme unlikelihood that two brothers... Uh, Eric and Aaron both managed to survive the zombie apocalypse. Right. They are brothers. So many families were torn apart by this thing. (laughs) Yet these two brothers still managed to survive together. They weren't separated or anything. They're gay brothers. I guess they're very fortunate. I think you mean happy. Their devotion is unparalleled. Happy. That's a very close family. (laughs) Yeah, it's a close family. They're probably Italian. Italians are very touchy-feely like that. I I think they're attached at the hip, or somewhere Hmm? around there. (laughs) I think they (laughs) are. Hey, I'm Italian, and I think I'm offended. I'm Italian, and I'm not offended. I think it's fucking... That's a little too... I would... Okay, at this point, I will relate an anecdote. We, of course... uh, this is the first episode in a while that we've got to see at the theater. And when Eric showed up on the screen, <laughs> various random people in the audience started saying butt sex every so often. <laughs> He's dying again. If, if nobody else has any questions that were raised in this episode, we can move on to quotes. Um, I think a, a question... Or we could just um, continue saying butt sex. <laughs> That's a good quote. <laughs> uh, what have you got, Methodic John? So I guess the uh, one of the questions that I had is, just to clarify, was that only two people were really sent in spying on... Um, the Rick and his crew, right? I mean, I think that's oh, we're we're pretty sure on that, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Just uh, apparently, just Aaron and Eric, the two brothers. Brothers, <laughs> you're giving brothers a bad rap, buddy. <laughs> Whoa there! What y'all don't do that with your brother? I you kiss my brothers in the mouth all the time. Mr. Bad, can you uh, uh, chime in on that? Well, I think it's uh, terribly <laughs> over. Uh, you probably kiss Mr. Good on the mouth all the time, don't like you, buddy? Yeah, wait, yeah. Sure when like you hit him on the head with a pick. Also. 
Wait, are they identical? Because that would be. They, they, they are, are identical. Yeah, oh, they are they're identical. Not, they're not. Yeah. Yeah, they're identical. Well, at least, you know, if they were the same weight and uh, had the same facial hair, they'd be identical. Well, I'm saying that that would, be, that would be, I mean, same DNA and everything. I mean, that's just like masturbation. It's like masturbation, exactly. Not- well, wait, wait, I think I've, oh, I think I've lost the connection. <laughs> that's not gay. <laughs> that's not gay. Transmission terminated. <laughs> Who was that? <laughs> no, you're supposed to do the hostile alert thing. Code 14J. <laughs> okay. Oh, I forgot. Oh, God. You know the words better than I do. Butt well sex. done. Butt sex. Oh, butt sex. Really? It's a secret word. It is now. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Okay, I guess we're moving into quotes, uh, and I found this episode very quote-worthy. Usually I just write down like one quote, but I have like a bunch of them. Uh, does anybody else have any quotes that they'd like to uh, lay lots, down on us? Lots and lots of quotes. Ooh, okay, we'll take turns, Mr. Beck. Like, I've got a quote. Ooh, Mr. Metallic China. Wow, even my wife has a quote. And I have one quote. Holy shit! Well, um, since Michael only has one, we'll let him go first, since he's the youngest. Uh, Okay, logical, logical. Alright. Mine's from Rick. It's just because we're good people doesn't mean we won't kill you. There you go, that's a good quote, yeah. Okay, uh, Methodic John, you're probably second youngest, so what's your quote? Butt sex. (laughs) God damn it. I forgot about that one. Damn right. (laughs) Yep. Okay, uh, Mrs. Drenda, you said you have a quote. I'm trying to find it again. God damn it, oh, she has to Facebook. look it up. Okay, yeah. uh, um, Mr. Bad, what's one of your quotes? Well, the f- absolutely best one, it was interesting. You actually had to have closed captioning on. And it was Rick's beard telling Aaron to fuck off. We're fine we're, wherever you are. We don't need your goddamn water and safety. <laughs> oh, the water was going to come out of my mouth. <laughs> I think I missed that one. I'll have to go like that one again. <laughs> okay, um, Mr. Dreno, what's your quote yet, or shall I go I got it. Okay. Mr. Dreno has a quote. What's your quote, Mr. Dreno? My quote was from Carl. Ooh. Said, All I wanted to do was crawl back inside her when we got Judith out. <laughs> that was an extremely memorable moment. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, let's see. Uh, first oh, of my I got quotes. another good one. Oh, oh what's, your, what's your, uh, This one's from Michonne, uh-huh. yeah. where she said, I really want to slash these crackers. Oh, yes, I remember that. Yes, I'll never forget that heartwarming moment. Mm. <laughs> let's see, the first of my quotes is uh, how they saved a crazy lady with a sword, said by Michonne. You want to give uh, another one of yours, Mr. Bad? Sure. I have a lot of Rick quotes, and um, first it was, it's hard to trust anyone who smiles after getting punched in the face. (laughs) It's like, well, why'd you punch him in the face, Rick? Because you were trying to fuck things up. (laughs) And uh, my next one is, I hate applesauce. My mom used to make me foods I didn't like to make me more manly. (laughs) And that was said by Aaron, of course. And uh, what's your next one, Mr. Bad? Rick said, 
There ain't any cars. We don't need to find out. Your way's dangerous. Mine isn't. <laughs> yes, and then, you know, maybe with the windshield wipers, it would have been a, a little less dangerous, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you should have checked those windshield wipers before you engaged this mission. Uh, and uh, my next one is, this barn smells like horseshit. <laughs> Daryl Dixon. Your next one, Mr. Bad? Oh, uh, it was just Glenn uh, saying, after everything we've done, why would... Why would they want us to join their group? Okay, gotcha, yeah. Uh, my next one is a Rick quote, would it, but you might have it, Mr. Bad. Do you have any more Rick quotes? Uh, I, my notes are not particularly organized. <laughs> <laughs> you want me to just say it, or you want me yeah, to leave it? Yeah, say it. it. Okay, uh, it's a long one. It says, sometime tonight, we'll be outside his camp's walls, and without seeing inside, I'm going to have to decide whether to bring my family in. He asked me before what it would take for me to believe it was real. The truth is, I'm not sure if anything could convince me to go in there, but I'm going to see. Ray Grimes. <laughs> okay, what else you got, Mr. Bad? Um, I think that's almost it. Um, wow, I've got more quotes than Mr. Bad. This is <laughs> like a first for the podcast. Yes. Well, go ahead. Go ahead, John. Okay, my next one is, Seven card stud, stairs and squares. It's aces, quattros, naders, and two eye jacks. Let's hear that quote. Seven card stud, stairs and squares. It's aces, quattros, naders, and two eye jacks. There's 14 wild cards. Are you, are you serious? Serious is two copulating dogs. <laughs> Eugene's pretty much just that weird guy that stares at you from the back. That's like all he's done these past few episodes. If you look, it, like when, when when he got a group shot, you can see him in the back, and he's just like sitting there with this weird expressionless face. Speaking of guys in the back that stare at you, how about that mystery black guy? Did you guys spot this guy? No, like, no. What are you talking like, about? When Eric, when Aaron comes out and says, thank you for saving Eric, there's this random black guy standing with a group. No. Never seen him before. It's Father Gabriel. It's... Uh, I'm... <laughs> no, I don't think so. This guy looks Puerto Rican or something. No, that was Father Gabriel. Was he carrying a log is the question. A log? No, I don't think so. Was he, he a log-carrying guy? Maybe yeah, he was just happy to see Rick. I think he had like a mechanics outfit on. He had like a, like a dark uh, like a dark shirt on and some dark pants, like a mechanic. Where I, I sent you guys the picture. Did anybody see the picture of him? When yeah. the all right. Is, is it in? Did you send it in the email or where is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's in the email. All right, all right. I'm checking this shit. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. It's, it's, it's like a Gabriel. random guy. He's it's like a random a black guy in the back. What I want to know is, I never heard that uh, that interaction about the uh, playing cards. Where was, did I miss something? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's when they're they're in the RV and they're almost to Alexander. It's right before they see uh, the the uh, the Washington Memorial. When they see DC when they're riding by, right before that, uh, <laughs> Eugene is dealing out some cards with Tara, and he's and he's telling her how to play stare, steers and queers. I mean, uh, stairs and squares. Squares. Which are okay. you, boy? I must have been staring at Rosita's breasts. <laughs> <What's that>? <laughs> Probably. 
<laughs> Michael, have you been able to examine the uh, the picture I've sent of the random black guy? Or Puerto Rican. He might be Puerto Rican. He looks like Santa Claus. Santa Claus? <laughs> now that I did not see coming. That's what she said. <laughs> nice. Well, while Michael is examining the picture, the only other quote I have, the last quote... Uh, that, that is totally Father Gabriel. What the hell? He thought otherwise? No, no, no. That guy's Puerto Rican, and he has different facial hair than uh, Father Gabriel. Oh Father Gabriel is clean-shaven. And he was a priest. He had the little collar. No, he burned that. Did you forget about it? I... He burned the collar? Yes! Well, why, but why would he put on that mechanics outfit that he's wearing? <laughs> Ah, oh, damn. <laughs> oh, I gotta go get my ready. <laughs> okay, okay. All right. Um, the last quote I have is uh, from Abraham. It's, can't win. Might as well paint it red, put a ladder on it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that was funny. I forgot about that one. <laughs> That's pretty good. Okay, all right. <laughs> I guess I'm ready to roll into the Walker of the Week. All right, this is the award we give for our favorite Walker of the Week, or we can give it to a character that we be we believe behaved in a manner no better than a Walker. Uh, so who gets your Walker of the Week award? Methodic John. I like the Walker that almost took out Eugene. Which one was that? Every walker, pretty much. I don't much. know. <laughs> yeah, pretty much every walker. <laughs> okay. any, any walker that can get that done for me would be great. <laughs> not Just anybody. Not a, not a Eugene fan. Okay. Okay. Not he anymore. Is, He's kind of pissing me off. He is a lover. You love him or hate him character. You just don't like seven card stud. That's all it is. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, who gets your Walk of the Week award? Mikey. Well, I'd say Rick, but, you know, I think he was slightly justified. So instead, I'll just go with the arm being pulled off by an Abraham zombie. Okay, that's a pretty good zombie. Yeah that, yeah, that was definitely a sloppy arm. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, uh, your Walk of the Week award, Mrs. Drano. I'm going for the jack-o'-lantern. Jack O'Lantern. Oh, I forgot about that one. Yeah. Jack O'Lantern. Yeah. With the flare? Yeah. Oh, the flare oh, zombie. Flare in his head. Yes. That was a pretty awesome Jack zombie. Yeah, that's that's going to be my Walker of the Week as well. Oh, God. <laughs> I think Rick just felt like doing that. Like, he easily could have killed it with his machete. <laughs> and then they stood around for like 10 minutes watching it. Watching it burn, yes. He just some marshmallows over it. S'mores. <laughs> awesome. S'mores. How about you, Mr. Bad? Your walk of the week? Oh, I second Mrs. Drano. The uh, flare to the eye was pretty cool. Awesome. Okay. Awesome. Okay. In that case, we'll roll into the Roger War. Roger. There's a lot to get done before you can afford to lose me. Roger. We got this, man. We got this by the ass. Roger, Let's go, baby. You all right? Perfect, baby. Perfect. Roger. 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 Okay, this is the award we give to the character that we think kicked the most ass in the episode, uh, but who also was a character who might at some point get killed off in the story, somebody who doesn't have plot armor. So who gets your Roger Award, Methodic John? 
Uh, Glenn. Glenn. Okay. Kicking ass Glenn. Saved uh, Aaron and then uh, saved the day with uh, Aaron and Michonne. Okay. Yeah. Uh, how about you, uh, Michael? Who gets your Roger Ward? Um, I think a lot of people kicked ass, but I think everybody has some pretty heavy pot armor. Uh, I guess if I had to choose, it would be Glenn, though. Glenn, a second vote for Glenn. Okay, uh, Mrs. Drado, you ride your award? I'll put Glenn down. A third vote for Glenn. Glenn is swinging yeah, strong on, this episode. He's, on, uh, he's been marked. Yeah. <laughs> he's marked. Somebody's marked Glenn. <laughs> Probably Brian. Um, <laughs> okay, uh, uh, Mr. Bad, uh, you ride your award? I think Michonne, you know, uh, not only she's the big one of the biggest badasses on the show, uh, she's going emotionally and psychologically through the whole, the whole ringer. You know, she was uh-huh. crazy. She she had so she attachment to Andrea. She went crazy. She formed uh-huh. with the group, and now she's uh-huh. actually trying to help Rick. And I think I don't think Rick's gonna do well in in Alexandria. So uh, I think uh, you know Michonne. All right, okay, yeah, fair play, fair play. All right, and uh, I will give my Roger Ward. I am actually kind of surprised nobody gave the award to this person. Uh, Aaron gets my Roger Ward. I think he kicked the most ass of any character, and he totally has a chance of getting killed off of the story. (laughs) So, Aaron, you are the Roger Ward for this week, for me at any rate. Okay, um, I don't really have anything for zombie analysis. Does anybody have anything for that, or shall we skip over that? I could skip it. Um, okay. I think you can it. turn them into a jack-o'-lantern. I think that would be yeah. a fun <laughs> Jack-o'-lantern. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, probably not worth a bumper, though. So, uh, yeah, zombies can be jack-o'-lanterns. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll uh, go into the survival segment. Survival oh, segment. Do that, I just... Was I the only person who thought, you know... What Rick... happens to that dog? What, 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 what Mr. Bat? I just wanted to know if I was the only person who thought Rick giving them 60 minutes to, to walk two miles and maybe <laughs> yeah. drive back was cutting it a little thin. That's pretty good, Mr. Bat. Because, <laughs> I mean, you'd have... Well, to how long would it take to walk? I, um, let's say, like, 15 minutes a walk, a mile... Well, no, walking yeah. speed's about two and a half miles. You have to walk briskly. No, I mean for each mile. Well, they're on a road, so they could do three miles easily. They could either four is is like a little bit of a jog. You know, it's like you know, it's pretty pretty more than a fast pace. Yeah. And uh, you gotta allow so you gotta allow encounters with zombies too. Yeah, so I mean, there's lots that can happen. Yeah. Best case scenario, you get there in thirty minutes. And, you know, 10 minutes to drive back. But if something yeah. happens, you know, somebody's mm-hmm. getting a uh, knife up the base of the skull. <laughs> oh, on top of that, is it really a smart thing to even kill uh, Aaron at that point? I mean, he uh, once again, we have a potentially valuable hostage used as a bargaining chip in a potentially dangerous situation. I mean, why would you just kill off your hostage like that? Yes, or maybe I, Rick was bluffing, you know. He was not bluffing, no. I, <laughs> he was not bluffing. <laughs> I, th- I think Wait, had re- Rick just likes to kill people. <laughs> He's kill crazy at this point. <laughs> He's kill crazy. Homophobic? He's homophobic. I have a question. Was it a, 
was it just me or when Rick was shooting uh, his uh, his gun, his magnum? Did he shoot more than six shots when he I was shooting? I swear zombies? he fired nine shots without reloading. <laughs> I swear. I think he did. was praying to uh, the Herschel gods. <laughs> I was chaos. I was counting those shots. I like, was there like, is no way. Yeah, that was six. That's impossible. Wait, wait, wait. He had. <laughs> I was almost prepared. To uh, announce that he had some kind of infinite ammo code, but then he did run out of bullets. But I swear you're right, Michael. He fired nine shots out of that I damn thing. I think you're right, hitter. but look at remember the gun he he hid away. It, that was a uh, um, an automatic. It wasn't his six shooter, so he had more than one gun. I'm not sure he had that on him at the time. The one guy? No, no, no. This he, was a separate. He didn't gun. have that gun. He, he gave that gun, gun off. Yeah, he gave that gun off. Uh, yeah. It was definitely the Magnum he was shooting the whole time. And when he ran out of bullets with that, he fired the flare gun. So he didn't have any other guns. Well, no, yeah, the gun he uh, he buried. Well, he didn't have that on him. Sure he did. Why wouldn't he? If he had the Glock on him, he would have fired more than nine shots. He wouldn't have fired nine shots and run out. He would have fired six shots plus something like 15 shots. Yeah. By the way... <laughs> I think we should talk about that gun because I think that was one of the claim gang guns, which is why it had a, uh, you know, an initial on it. It was claimed. I am curious. Of, I am curious about that. I, I noticed that uh, letter on there, which was either a T or a J. I'm still not sure which it was. I think I, it was a J. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of. I'm tempted to go back and try to see if I can spot it somewhere, but. Uh, it looked like a J. It, I thought it was a B. It looked to me like a B or a J. Maybe it was BJ. Mr. Bad's gun! I knew I was missing something! Goddamn Rick Grimes. <laughs> BJs are okay if you're brothers. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's not gay. That's not gay. Yeah, see, maybe he did kick the most ass, you know? <laughs> no, that's. He's not lick. kicking his ass. He's lick. doing something to his ass. <laughs> yeah, licked his own ass. Okay, where are we? Oh, I think we're rolling into speaking of dogs, I think we're rolling into the survival segment. I mean, give me that dog. Give me that dog. What are you going to do with him? You can't open the door to let him out. The bomb's life will go off. The dog's got to go. We're going to need every bit of air to breathe ourselves. After a while, we'll be laying on the floor to get fresh air. But he's just a little dog. He doesn't breathe. We can't have him here. No. Dog's got to go. Don't you touch him. Wait a minute. Won't do you any good to cry. It's all over. For a little while, you'll be thanking me. Get rid of that dog and help it off a lot. Oh, my God. You'll be glad we don't have that extra pair of lungs when you're laying here gasping for breath. Yeah, right. Okay, uh, this week's survival scenario is... Uh, you are Rick. You are Rick. Uh, some might argue that Rick was a little paranoid this episode, but was he? Uh, what would you do in Rick's position... Uh, in Rick's situation with this guy showing up uh, and he's got a pitch and he says his place is great and uh, you're trying to decide whether or not to trust him. Uh, what would you do, Methodic John? How would you handle it? I would uh, try to have a woman seduce this guy and extract oh. information from him. Oh, wait a minute. That won't work. Wait, wait, wait. What was the drug? 
Rohit Yeah. We gotta bring that no, back. No, I guess the woman. I guess the woman seduction won't work. I can't believe you uh, beat me to it, Michael. You are. are cool. <laughs> Did you I say put something it out else? There too. What was and that? I put it right out there. You put it right out there. You did, yeah. and and we totally yeah. went for it. Yeah. Like, like a couple of vicious dogs, dogs that were killed for food. Oh, copulating dogs. <laughs> copulating dogs. Copulating dogs that were killed for food and eaten by Sasha and Michonne. And I some random only... mysterious black dude. Yeah. I, yeah, I still don't understand if that's a joke or not. It's a joke. <laughs> I don't. Upon what what you know circumstances, I don't really understand that joke. What's our, what? Are you, I, I don't, what are you talking about? I, I'm asking what you're talking about. This random black dude, like it's There's obviously this mysterious black guy. <laughs> it is obvious. <laughs> because Gabriel didn't have any lines. Right, good. what was that, Steve? Because Gabriel didn't have any lines. I think. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, he's just making fun of Gabriel because. He he didn't get any FaceTime. He was literally in two background shots, and you saw him for like two point one seconds. I don't think so. I mean, I I really didn't think that was Gabriel. You really didn't think? No, no, no. And by the way, Gabriel's not uh, clean shaven. He's not. No. But that does he have like a? a he's got. I think he's got a little beard. He's got a. I think he's got a mustache. But it's not pic- like a Puerto Rican mustache. I don't know what a, what that is, to be honest. A Puerto Rican. What the hell? Well, by the way, I can't wait for... Did, we, did I miss predictions or no? No, no, no. We're having no. it this year. Oh, okay, man. Why, why oh, did so I look that up? Jesus. Wait a minute. Okay, back. Can I get back? Can I get back to? Can I get back to my survival? I'm, scenario? I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm uh, sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. We're marking up the survivals. You're going out of sequence, man. Yeah, listen. So I'm not a man. I'm a boy. Think, oh boy. You're nearly a man grown. So I think my survival scenario would yeah, be mostly in line with what Rick did. Ah, I think okay. the only thing I would have done is. Just like you did in last week's episode, which would be split up the group and, um, you know, kind of approach things that way, not send everybody into a potential trap. Because here, after all, he's thinking it's a trap, but he's leading everybody in. Again, that just seems, I think I'd be more cautious. But yes, I think he's right to be suspicious. Uh So to split everybody up again. Ah, okay. All right. Okay. Uh, Michael, uh, what would you do in Rick's position? I think I would pretty much just do. Uh, I think I'd be a little better than Rick. I I don't think. Um. I well, for one, I I would not knock Aaron out. I don't I don't see any reason to be doing that. Um. I think I'd ask for evidence. I'd look at these pictures. I'd yep. say that these are some bullshit pictures because they were. <laughs> yeah, they were. Um, Surely they could get better pictures than those. Come on. Yeah. Um. So. And, and in one way or another, but I know for sure I wouldn't be going at, at night on this stupid-ass plan of going on this road. Um, yeah, I, I mean, if nothing else, I mean, you have you have battery power. You have batteries, so that means you can power some uh, USB thing. So that means you can power a smartphone. So that means you can take color pictures with a smartphone. Yeah. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> It's like, oh, no, you have enough technology to, to build, like, a 15-foot-wide steel wall, but yeah, you can't take... Yeah, gold pretzel steel. 
pretzel, yeah, yeah. But you can't, um, you can't take like literally they got a a black and white photographer from 1870 <laughs> to take this picture. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, yeah, that's about it. With you all the way. Awesome. Okay. Um, <laughs> Mrs. Drano, what would you do in Rick's uh, situation? What would you do in his place? Well, I'm kind of a wuss, so I probably wouldn't be knocking people out, but I really can't blame him for what all he did. It, I mean, it makes sense. Uh-huh. Um, I, I just probably wouldn't be... <laughs> I wouldn't have the balls to... Well, I don't know, maybe after... Not literal balls. Well, not literal balls, of course not. Maybe after that long in the zombie apocalypse, uh, maybe I would, but I don't know. I really don't know. <laughs> okay. All right, uh, Mr. Bear, what would you do if you were in Rick's uh, position with this Aaron guy coming in? Well, that's an interesting question. Uh, if I was literally in Rick Grimes' skin, I yeah. would have just killed him because Rick was doing <laughs> everything he could to put the kibosh <laughs> on it. He really mm. wanted to kill him. I mean, when he told Michonne, uh, there are no cars, we don't have to look. What do you think would it, was going to happen to Aaron after after that? He was yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. But uh, I mean, you're in his skin, but you don't have his mind. I mean, you've got well, you've got Mr. God Bad's mind. You know, deciding uh, what Mr. Bad would do in this situation. People said very good things. Okay. All you have to do is um, take. Well, Rick Grimes could go. I mean, he's the guy <laughs> with the most doubt. Rick goes yeah. with Aaron in the car. The mm. whole gang takes the RV. I sh yeah. We look on a map. I yeah. say, I'll meet you here if yeah. things are safe. Mm. So the group goes a few miles away somewhere that nobody else knows. Yeah. Rick goes in. If it's safe, he comes back. Yeah, yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. And that's pretty much what I do. Yeah. Um, ooh, we've got a, a fellow in chat, Carlos Torres, Walking Dead fan. Anything you want to say? Uh, I don't know why I'm I'm typing it and saying it at the same time because you can see what I'm saying. Do you have any questions uh, for us or do you, anything you want to say about this particular episode, Carlos? We're talking about The Distance, the latest Walking Dead episode. Let us know if you've got any comments on it. Um, I would do basically the same thing. I, I think everybody else is right on. Uh, the best thing to do is to send uh, a few or maybe just one guy in to scout out the place and come back and report on what it is. And, you know, uh, you'd think that that would be the safest thing to do. You're only risking one guy. And uh, maybe you have some prearranged coded phrases that the guy can give you um, so that uh, you find out if it's safe or not. That seems like the most sensible thing rather than just having everybody drive up to the gate. Yup, yup. Okay, um, and I guess we're rolling into predictions. The Dharma Initiative ordered the This man and his team created a series of equations which tell us, with a high degree of probability, where it is going to be at a certain point in time. Event window determined. Extrapolating sound and vision. Okay, this is the segment where we each make a prediction for something that we think will happen, uh, something specific, preferably, uh, and something that will happen uh, be uh, by the end of this particular season. 
and something that's not a uh, prediction that's not based on any sort of spoiler we think we know, interview, uh, comic book, something we think we know from the comic, uh, something that is independent of any of that, that we think will happen by the end of the season. Um, oh, and Carlos does have a comment. He wonders why there are no Mexicans on the show. They have all the other races. Well, let's see. Um, Father Gabriel, Hispanic? Yeah, Father Gabriel might be Blacksican. Um, or that, or that <laughs> mysterious black guy. He might be Mexican. We don't know. He might not be black. He might be Mexican. Um, and the Vatas, they were Mexican. And uh, there was a guy that was with the group that left early on. I can't remember his name. He was in season one. Well, he had a family. He was with the governor. He was, he was Hispanic. He was... Yeah, that guy. Uh, I don't know if he was Mexican, but yeah, he was. He was his, Hispanic. He was, his name is probably Carlos. <laughs> yeah, it might have been. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, his name was probably no, Carlos I can't Torres. His name. What, what, what was his name? Um, I, I, I have no idea. Damn it! I can't think of what his name was. Damn it. He was in the comics too. Uh, I can't think of what his name was. Yeah, but yeah, he. Uh, but I'm sure Carlos is wondering why there's no Hispanic character that's that's a regular character on the show. And Rosita. Yeah, Rosita. She's Hispanic. Yeah. Clearly Hispanic. So there you go, Carlos. Rosita. Ha ha. <laughs> um, and to continue, this is the segment where we uh, make a prediction for something we think will happen by the end of the season. Uh, so do you have a prediction for us? Uh, Methodic John, got a prediction for yeah. us? I believe there's going to be a new love triangle introduced into the episode. Love so triangle, okay. A love triangle, yes. Do tell. Between who? Between Aaron and Father Gabriel and Aaron's <laughs> brother. <laughs> well, brilliant, but... <laughs> <laughs> and Aaron's brother. <laughs> and in parentheses, butt sex. Okay. So Aaron, Eric, and Father Gabriel. Excellent. Excellent. I think that's the winner. Okay. Well stated. Okay, uh, Michael, do you have a prediction for us? Um, my prediction is that the town will be real, obviously, and that um, be a real town. <laughs> yes, wow. yes, it, yes, yes. No, oh, and that um, it will eventually be overrun by a giant horde of zombies, as usual. Okay, Alexandria will be overrun by a giant horde. Of zombies, and that's by the end of this season. Yes. Okay. I'm just I'm throwing it out there. Forty-two okay. minutes. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Failure. Mikey. All right, uh, and I guess we're down to uh, Mrs. Drano. Do you have a prediction for us, Mrs. Yes, Drano? Yes, my prediction is that Alexandria is going to be a relatively safe place, as it's going to be as described, more or less. But um, I predict that Rick and his crew are going to have a very hard time adjusting and something is going to go down to make them not able to stay. 
Well, okay. I think they're going. I think they're going to. Somebody's going to have a freak out and possibly kill somebody, mm. and they're not going to be able to stay. Okay, uh, so I've got uh, Alexandria is going to be a safe place, but Rick and crew will not adjust well, and something will happen to force them to leave. Yes. Does that sound about right? Yeah, that sounds good. Okay. All right. Okay, jokey, and I think we're to Mr. Steve. Bad. Yeah, Mr. Bad. What you got, Mr. Bad, for us? Well, I, I think Mrs. Drano is 100% spot on. I would agree Ooh. completely. Uh, I'll just add that I think Rick will pull a Mikhail Pak Bakunin. He'll get banished from the uh, the other's compound, and they'll force him to live outside and uh, herd the uh, steers. Okay, so Rick will be banished from Alexandria, basically. Yeah, I think Mrs. Drano's right. He'll do something crazy, and uh, they'll either banish him or he'll leave on his own, and there'll be some uh, tension about who stays and who goes. Yeah. Okay, so do you just want me to say Rick will leave from Alexandria, or do you want to say Rick will be banished from Alexandria? I'll say he'll be banished. Okay, awesome. All right, and... My prediction is that Rick and Michonne will get romantic. Oh, yeah. What sex? Awesome. Okay, that's great. All right, uh, I think that's all the predictions. Spoiler quarantine. I guess no spoilers. Spoiler quarantine. Okay, I does anybody have any spoilers they want to talk about? Yes. Oh, okay, what you got, Methodic John? So a co-worker said that this um, community is going to suffer one of the same challenges that another community faced in uh, this series, which is uh, similar to the Terminus uh, folks. Really? Anyone have any thoughts on that? Uh, and there's a, so, was he talking about cannibalism, or was he was your yeah. coworker not not specific about what they would suffer? They said cannibalism, and then there's a, a new super bad guy coming up. Uh, you know, more malicious there, than the than the governor. There is a new super bad guy. I guess I could uh, talk a little bit about that. Uh, a gentleman named Negan. Uh, a few of you might have heard the name before. Yes, he's a new super bad guy. He will be probably showing up by the end of the season and uh, illustrating just how bad he is. That sucks. <laughs> and beyond that, we probably should say, and nor do we really know for sure what they're going to do. Um, yeah, as most of us can probably guess at this point, Alexandria is a safe place. Um, uh, so I guess my next question is, is Rick's beard kind of like, uh, Samson's hair? You, you, when you cut that off, uh, is this beard the source of his paranoia power? Will he become less paranoid? With less facial hair. That actually, that is actually really good. That's a really good question. Thanks. Yeah. 
That's a little bit comic book spoilery, but this is the spoiler section. Uh, so I suspect we might be able to see what Rick is like without that beard. So maybe it's like order. a it's a it's like a mystical connotation, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I think there's a very very good chance we could lose that beard. And he haven't he hasn't even said we have to go back, but I guess that we'll have to just chalk that up to missed opportunities. We have to go back to Atlanta. <laughs> yeah. Um Let's see. Uh, what do we What do we think about uh, Abraham? Uh, it doesn't seem to be sick yet. <laughs> I think you're right. They're going to forget about it. Five, four, three, two, one. Okay, we're. We're out of quarantine, and we're uh, at the end of the show. So does uh, any, anybody, before we wrap it up? Butt sex. <laughs> oh, I just had a quick question. Do you think there's any um, large military groups at the uh, at the uh, the town? What is it called, Alexandria? That is correct. All right, all right. So um, do you think there's any large military forces or operations at Alexandria? Or has the military uh, been wiped I, out or is occupied elsewhere? I can't comment on that because I have too much spoiler information. When anybody that does not have spoiler information likes to speculate on that particular point. What do you think, Mrs. Trudeau? What? Uh, uh, Michael is curious as to whether you think there might be a large military force in Alexandria since it is so close to D.C. and it seems to be fairly well organized. That's possible. I hadn't thought of that, but yeah, you got a point. We certainly haven't seen much military presence yet, which has always been kind of surprising to me. You'd think military people would be the most likely to survive in a situation like this. But so far, all we've got is uh, Sergeant Abraham Ford, who seems to currently be taking orders from Glenn. (laughs) (laughs) So... It's well, like, kind of an odd situation. Yeah, you also had the, the people gunned, gunned down by the governor, those stupid-ass military guys in, like, the first episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was that was pretty sad. <laughs> yep. I don't think we'll see a big... <laughs> Martinez! Martinez! That's yeah. the guy's yeah. name, yeah, yeah, yeah. Martinez. Is that the guy in the tank? Uh, no, no, that's not the guy in the no. tank, that's... Well, governor's lieutenant, that his uh, Hispanic guy. Yeah, yeah. I, was, I couldn't remember his name. It's Martinez. Yeah, Martinez, that was him. Totally is. <laughs> awesome. Okay, um, any more final thoughts on this episode, or shall we wrap it up? Do you think um, people had previously compared Rick to Shane, and I I think there is a very strong association now. I'm hoping Rick can come agree. back, but what do you think? Uh, I, I, would, I think yeah. Shane has something a little more unique. It's, that's not just paranoia. I think he was, uh, I don't know, I can't really explain it. I think it was, I think it's different though. Shane is a little bit colder than Rick. Even I mean, he's a little bit more willing to sacrifice people, but at the same time, I mean, if it's somebody Rick doesn't know, Rick seems pretty willing to kill people. You know, if he thinks it's going to advance the survival chances of the people that he does know, so. He he is pretty close to where Shane was. Do we know what the title for next week's episode is? Next episode is called 
remember. Remember. Okay. I'll try to remember that. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> Quite a jape there, old chap. Yeah. What'd you say? I, I, I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Still funny, what ho. <laughs> okay. Well, in that case, uh, it looks like uh, Karen DeGroote herself has written. Careful observation is the only key to true and complete awareness. Your next tour of duty will last one week, and during that time you will observe The Walking Dead, a sociological experiment in progress. What is the nature of the experiment, you might ask? What do these subjects believe they are accomplishing as they submit to the homosexual agenda? Well, sex. <laughs> Perhaps you, as the observer, can find out. Each time your hate mail is filled with the fruits of your diligent observation, send it to station7thedoor at gmail.com. And presto, it will be transported directly to us. Or you can leave us a voicemail at 252-377-1087. We encourage the uh, instant reactions, as uh, Mr. Tater has done and Mr. Matthew Modick. And we appreciate any comments or uh, questions you might have about us or our podcast and the uh, lack of standards. We... Uh, persistently uh, hold ourselves to. So with that, I appreciate all you guys showing up. I look forward to you showing up next week. And this episode of course dedicated to the memory of Brian. Uh, it's a shame that we lost him so sadly at what? this time. <laughs> I'm assuming that he's dead since he's not here. I could be wrong. So, so with this in mind, on behalf of the DeGroots, Albert Hanzo, Hans von Hagen, and all of us at the Dharma Initiative. Thank you. Namaste. And good luck. Butt sex. And butt sex. Mr. Bad Robot. Call recording has been completed. Goodbye. Well, it looks like my internet crashed, so that means the episode's over. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.